Welcome back to the Weekly Bits Podcast, everyone. I'm Peter Chihuahua, your host, and today's episode will take a deeper dive into Bitcoin as a tool to enable philanthropy. But before I turn to my guest for today, I want to invite everyone out there to check out the Bitcoin 2020 conference. This is the return of the annual Bitcoin event focused on the technology, culture, and future of the world's original cryptocurrency. It's going down in San Francisco on March 27th and 28th, and the speaker lineup and attendee experiences pretty much speak for themselves. So I'll encourage you to visit Bitcoin2020conference.com to learn more and get your tickets. And with that out of the way, I'll turn now to Colin Harper, Bitcoin Magazine reporter extraordinaire and basically the standing co-host for this podcast. How goes it, my friend? Goes pretty good, man. That was a good intro. I'm, I'm left feeling inspired as your newly announced or newly christened co-host. Yeah, thank you. I work <laughs> on those pretty hard. I try not to just be like, welcome back, everyone, <laughs> with every episode. So I try to mix it up, but it's, it's great to have you back. As you know, I've asked you here to talk about Bitcoin as a tool for charitable giving. I think the community kind of likes to think of itself as a philanthropic place. I read about that angle a lot in kind of like Bitcoin-focused media. But we wanted to take a closer look at that this week and what that kind of really means at Bitcoin Magazine. And I think your latest article, the cover piece that's on the site now, it really does that. But would you mind just kind of giving us the elevator pitch of, of what that story is all about? Uh, yeah, so... Kind of going back to what you just said, Bitcoiners do fancy themselves, I think, as a very giving lot, as a very, you know, as a very benevolent lot. And I think that there are plenty of examples throughout Bitcoin's short history where you can see that the most salient one that often gets pointed to is the Pineapple Fund, right? Like in the um, kind of the fever pitch of the 2017 bull run, this random philanthropist Pine started giving out Bitcoin to the tunes of tens of millions of dollars. It was worth 85 million, I think, at the peak, 55 million kind of on average when he was donating. And he just said, look, I made a shitload of money from Bitcoin. I have no idea what to do with it. So I want to give it away. And I think that that really is kind of a beautiful testament to to the community in some ways, but also just it kind of makes sense, right? Like if you mined Bitcoin back in 2010, and uh, let's say that you didn't stay plugged into the community and you just forgot about it. One day you woke up seven years later and you were a multimillionaire. I would hope that some people, that most people would think to give some of that back, right? And I, I think that Bitcoin's meteoric success almost necessitates a kind of, you know, the effusive riches that it created almost kind of necessitates an effusive giving in response. Right. And, and so like there's lots of aspects about Bitcoin as a tool for charity that you just touched on there. If you go to BitcoinMagazine.com right now, you'll see that we've covered this from like several different angles, which is kind of a publication strategy we're experimenting with now where we like tell the bigger story of something like Bitcoin philanthropy through several individual pieces. The one I want to dive into for this conversation here, because this could become, you know, we could... Pine could be its own episode, the, the real reason behind like sudden wealth and how that makes you feel as a benevolent person could be a whole episode. I was hoping to dive into your cover story. It's headlined, When Disaster Strikes, Bitcoin Facilitates Organized Charity and Grassroots Giving. And sort of for me, you know, what I would say was most interesting about it in summation is that 
There are places like Pine. There are like standing charities that are open to Bitcoin as a payment rail, donation rail. But when a disaster happens, when something like floods strike, like a natural disaster, or uh, Julian Assange is you know extradited, Bitcoin's interesting as a tool that like is a disaster relief because it's transparent. It's like pretty quick to transact. The Bitcoin community like kind of rallies behind causes and stuff. And so I think that's what, you know, this piece, the cover story really dove into. But another thing that it does is kind of dissect the difference between organizations that are built around facilitating Bitcoin donations and like one-off like spun up responses Mm -hmm. to disaster relief, to disasters and like providing that relief. So I wanted to ask kind of like what your conclusion was dissecting the differences between those two approaches. Yeah, so I think one of the cool things that you kind of hit on in terms of Bitcoin's disaster relief that the Iran rescue bit, which was a initiative that was kind of spontaneous in response to the flooding that Iran experienced last year in the spring, uh, just devastating bouts of flooding. I mean, it's something like two-thirds of the country was affected. And one of the interesting things about those one-off charity drives like Iran Rescue Bit is that in that case, nothing else would have worked because there are sanctions around Iran. Uh, even though sanctions aren't supposed to affect charitable organizations, uh, they were having bank account like the Red Cross and other places right. were having bank accounts shut down that were associated with Iran. So it's very hard to get money into the country. So you have some of those one-off ones like that where Bitcoin is the only solution. But the unfortunate thing is, going back to kind of to answer your question about what I found when I was doing research for this, is that those one-off organizations and one-off charity drives often don't do as well as the long-standing ones, right? Like Iran Rescue Bit only attracted, I think, $5,000. It was like 4800 Which is great, but yeah. But it's not going to, yeah, right, exactly. It's not going to rebuild you know, uh, apartments, it's it's going to give basic necessities. But one thing that I did find is organizations like BitGive or organizations like The Giving Block or, or HelperBit, which is a uh, kind of a crowdsourcing platform, HelperBit is, and then BitGive, obviously a Bitcoin donation platform, same with The Giving Block. These organizations are able to pull a wider, are able to select from a wider pool of donors, and they're also able to better match these donors with specific organizations. And the other benefit that they also have is that they're going to be able to liquidate the Bitcoin for the charities. And the promise of blockchain-powered charity and philanthropy is is overwhelming. But the thing that you're really going to need for that transparency that we can get from the Bitcoin blockchain, what you're going to need for it to be the most effective is a circular economy. The second that you liquidate into dollars, the transparency of the blockchain goes away because now those are dollars in someone's bank account, and we obviously don't have right. eyes in the sky yeah. for that. I think it is a slight improvement, in my opinion. At least you can be sure that to some, you know, like you can trace it up until that point. And right. Like that's at least a little bit better than literally no traceability. But yeah, I think in addition to like the extra liquidation services, just the experience in the field, the transparency that they provide, like these kind of more centralized philanthropy organizations that use Bitcoin are also hopefully going to kind of like do a better job of leading the charge as a, you know, charities as like adoption rails. I think Big Give kind of like naturally tells a better story to like my parents or people I know that you know haven't bought into Bitcoin yet. 
I feel like the Bitcoin Venezuela even or Iran rescue bit are like spun up amongst Bitcoiners. You know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that like they're definitely something where Bitcoiners who have a certain affinity towards that cause will donate. And that's another thing that I think is really interesting about Bitcoin, though, too. And a lot of the philanthropy that you see kind of uh, springing up from its community is a lot of it. You know, sometimes it's localized with like Iran Rescue Bit and Bitcoin Venezuela were hyper specific, but it's also specialized to the interests of the people who are giving them money, right? So, like a good example, I think, would be the uh, Bitcoin Beach Project in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Like the guy Michael uh, who got the large lump sum in Bitcoin to do this. Uh, for those of you who uh, don't know about this project, we did a few articles on it and also a Weekly Bits podcast. Basically, this guy has bootstrapped these. Bitcoin circular economies in these two villages in El Salvador pay the kids in those villages to clean up the beaches, other things. Uh, merchants also accept it. They're using Wallet of Satoshi for the Lightning Network. Definitely go check out our articles and uh, Weekly Bits podcast on that. It's a pretty cool topic. But uh, this guy got this donation from an anonymous whale, and the anonymous whale specifically wanted a project that would create circular economies. So um, that's a passion of that donor's, uh, one of that donor's passions, right? Like he wants to see Bitcoin used. Right. And then in other scenarios, like with the Tony Hawk Foundation, you know, you're having dudes and uh, women, dudes and doodads, dudes dudes and doodads, donating Bitcoin to the Tony Hawk Foundation so that skate parks can be built. Right. And I think there are plenty of examples uh, of this where people are taking Bitcoin in the same way that people see Bitcoin through their own philosophical lenses, whether they be a libertarian, whether they be a cypherpunk, all that. Uh, that's also how they donate their Bitcoin. They take their Bitcoin and they're using it uh, as an agent for freedom and change in areas that they think are underappreciated or underfunded. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I feel like that's level one and definitely like the level that we're at. I'd like to see, you know, if your philosophy is that you've got money that you want to donate, you know, and then then you use Bitcoin for that reason. But I think definitely, I hadn't thought about that until just now. But you're right, like a big impetus for Bitcoin-based donations seems to be if it like really speaks to a certain mm-hmm. worldview, tribe, camp. Right. Uh, one thing with Bitcoin Beach that, like, yeah, that circular economy is working really great. I think we we're both really excited about that. But a big reason it's successful is because like someone just donated the Bitcoin right. to like, kind of get yeah. it started in the first place. Uh, I mean, yeah, when you when you're you know when you basically have coffers of like probably conceivably millions worth yeah. of Bitcoin, right, or at least hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Bitcoin, uh, you know, if you give people free money, then they're they're going to use it, right? Yeah. So there is an angle where like Bitcoin philanthropy is particularly popular because probably people are trying to like promote their own worldviews through it. But I, I, I do think, think so. there is, and we talked. You mentioned this at the beginning of the show here. I guess it's it's unprovable, but a narrative I think must it, it stacks up, makes sense, common sense wise. Like if you suddenly got rich off of Bitcoin, like you're going to be inclined to feel like you need to give back to donate some of that. I think you know that's where Pine was coming from. I mm-hmm. think that that must exist out there. And I'm wondering what you think. Do you feel like uh, people who got rich? I, I I get the sense that people who you know, made a ton off of other cryptocurrencies that boomed. I don't get the same philanthropic vibe from those communities as I do from the Bitcoin community. But, you know, do you think that's just my bias showing? Or is there something Bitcoin being like 
more open source, like Satoshi being anonymous, like it just feels a little bit more benevolent as a as a project than 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 some of the others. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd never really thought of that. Um, I would love to kind of toot our community's horn and say that we're special because of like the roots of the project. Yeah, I will say that there is a sort of like, I mean, you can see it with this. Um, pseudonymity of this space i think there is a sort of kind of identity erasure in bitcoin where people are willing to do either random acts of kindness or commit their time and effort to something without expecting anything in return not even like the you know they might get imaginary internet points for it but it's going to be their pseudonym so no one actually knows who they are right and i'm thinking lightning torch btc pay server and right. like all the other open source projects out there and it's really is even more just a like computer nerd thing than like a bitcoin specific thing I, but i do think there is something to what you're saying about the kind of open source ethos of bitcoin and like that people are willing to donate their time and 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 by by extension their money Right. It's just something that they feel like is bigger than themselves. And I think that is the key in it, though. Where, like, whereas like, you're seeing more people donate with Bitcoin than shitcoins. I mean, I think you probably see it with Ethereum and some other like you know higher up altcoins. But I think the, the key difference is, again, that part of being something bigger. It's like Bitcoin is so big at this point. And another reason why you probably see more people donating it is because of the simple fact that the ecosystem is bigger, more people hold Bitcoin. And it's also a lot more liquid. So I think that um, in, in terms of being a donor and also a recipient, you're probably a little more comfortable transacting in Bitcoin uh, just for the pure fact that you know you can liquidate it. Of course, you can liquidate other altcoins too, but with Bitcoin, it's just so much easier. The liquidity profile is just so much more robust. Yeah. So I think it's probably a combination of being the leader in market cap and also, right. to your point, helps. going back to like Satoshi set a very strong example. And I really do think that you can't, like, you can't overestimate the impact of Bitcoin's launch, the fair launch, and Satoshi's exodus as a founder. Um, because Satoshi kind of has become the ultimate symbol of sacrifice. Anywhere from 700 or anywhere from 500 to a million coins sitting in a wallet that has never been accessed that could conceivably be Satoshi's. A billion dollar fortune that has never been touched. Right. And I think that self-sacrifice, to your point, that, that, that kind of prompted the question, I think that did set a very strong example of this is how we conduct ourselves, right? Yeah, and uh, perhaps even like a smugness factor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that that certainly is uh, is found in the Bitcoin. And, and, but if that leads people to actually act in a philanthropic way, then that's great. Well, and that's the great thing about Bitcoin too. Is like, I think most honest Bitcoiners would would tell people this like bitcoin is a system that thrives on self-interests right the miners are self-interested the node operators are self-interested uh the investors are self-interested it's it's completely driven by self-interest i think that's great that's what was so cool about your your answer that we were diving into a couple questions ago is like it maybe that's one of the powerful ways that bitcoin enables philanthropy is like it really lets you push your narrative and agenda and like serve your self-interest while still donating. And get a tax break too. Right, which is, which is another way it like, <laughs> keeps your self-interest going. My next question, so let's say you had 10,000 Bitcoin to donate and like, you know, maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get to like kind of the thrust of this article. Um, well, 10,000 is not actually a good number to you. Let's say it's 10 Bitcoin. Let's say, okay. would you rather spin up Collins, 
you know, open source grassroots Bitcoin donation plan? Or would you go to Big Give and be like, I want you guys to help me facilitate this donation? Well, see, that's the thing is like, I think it depends on, it would depend on a few things. It would depend on what kind of nonprofits BitGive and like the giving block have on their website. Like, right. you know, like um, what causes can I donate to? Well, what, well, I guess what I'm asking getting at is would it have to be this like niche cause that, that you know, you really want to target or the advantages that BitGive has? Would you like be willing to go with donating that route? knowing it's going to a good cause, but not necessarily like Colin's number one agenda cause, given like the advantages you've found in this article that Big Give offers to its donors. Yeah, I, honestly, what I think I would try to do is, again, like if I found a cause within their uh, donations list that, that resonated with me, uh, I would probably just go through those avenues because it's so easy and it's already there. If I couldn't find the causes that I wanted to support, um, I would probably end up trying to just solicit those places directly. Right. Like, you know, and I'm thinking specifically, I think what I would probably want to, um, I would commit some money to Bitcoin Venezuela, so I'd probably just send money to them. I'd also want to commit some money to uh, some sort of like drug rehabilitation or uh, just some sort of uh, addiction nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I would probably just talk to them directly, see if they're interested in accepting it. Or honestly, this is probably not the answer you're looking for, but I would probably just cop out and liquidate and then just give cash. Yeah, you could do that. But that's kind of lame. So I would hopefully try to onboard some people if I yeah. couldn't find, you it's know. It's a good chance to get some onboarding when you're dangling yeah. this Yeah, this for prize sure. At the end of it's it. like, here's 10 Bitcoin. Like, here's $100,000. Like, yeah. Would your equation change if you had like, you know, 0.3 Bitcoin that you wanted to donate. Oh uh, yeah, I, that would at that point I would probably just go through BitGive, right? You know, because at that point it's just not even worth it. You know, no, I mean a charity is not going to balk at three thousand dollars, but right. they're probably not going to go through an entirely new method of you know like accepting all donations. Yeah. yeah, like I don't think they want to learn about multi-sig and hardware wallets <laughs> and all this shit. They're just going to be like, just give me cash. Yeah. yeah, right. The reason I kind of backtrack throwing out a thousand Bitcoin or whatever it was is the first question is because I have to imagine like. You'd want to go the pine route. With oh that. yeah, if I had a thousand Bitcoin, I'd Sorry. be moving. You're, Earth. Now you're the yeah. charity organization. Exactly. I think that that would be. Yeah, if I had like a hoard, like some ridiculous amount, I probably would just set up like an anonymous fund and say, you know, like I'm taking applications. Like, please, send, you know, do exactly what Pine did. Because yeah. I think, really, you know, who knows why the dude did it? The dude could have gotten that money from stealing. You know, like he literally could have hacked exchanges for that money. That's true. Could have been drug money from the dark web. I don't really care where he got the money from. All I know is that it was sent to good causes. And I'm not a Machiavellian guy necessarily by any means, but, you know, no, I won't say no harm, no foul, but something good happened. And I'm also kind of an optimistic guy. I think Pine probably just mined back in there. Well, he also launched his own currency. Something that people don't know is like, he's actually launched, uh, I, God knows which cryptocurrency, but he launched an altcoin back in the day. So the dude's been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So... Is Bitcoin super cool because, you know, Pond's completely anonymous still to this day, but was able to move this huge amount of money into the places he wanted? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, like, right there is... I don't think... I mean, I don't know if that narrative is one that I think about enough. I think like yeah, what, I haven't even thought about that. What's like, cool is like wow, Pine, you know, got rich quick and chose to be benevolent with it, and that's a great storyline for Bitcoin. But it just popped in my head now, like 
there's this other angle on it where it's like we people I don't I don't think there I don't know if even a rumor of who Pine is. Well, yeah, no, exactly. It's unprecedented in the digital age. Like, you know, literally bar like dropping off lump sums of cash to people's doors, like <laughs> right. doorsteps, like in in you know under the cover of darkness. Yeah, like, Walk, wearing gloves, no fingerprints. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't donate tens of millions of dollars without people figuring out who you yeah. are. And in the on the internet, especially, that's impossible. Like because like you're gonna have a PayPal account or a bank account or a GoFundMe account that's linked to whatever cause you're doing. So I have never really even thought about that either. But that is is a beautiful testament to Bitcoin's use case, like. A random dude who named his fund after a fruit, yeah. like, was able to fund hundreds of projects with eighty-five million dollars worth of Bitcoin. I mean, w- without Bitcoin, this wouldn't be possible. Right? It's like, incredible. Maybe he wouldn't have felt comfortable doing this. Uh, yeah, if exactly. It wasn't for like the you know privacy that the technology enables. Um, so all this, yeah, we can all just thank you, Bitcoin, and once again. Awesome. Well, I think those are all the questions I I came in here with. I think that. Like it's it's definitely worth touting like the Bitcoin enables philanthropy. Look at this great history Bitcoiners have. I mean, that's I'm not dismissing that. I think it is very cool. Um, but taking that next level down is what I really liked about your article. Like, okay, it's a given that Bitcoiners are gonna want to donate, mm-hmm. and then there are these kind of like two routes that are traditionally used in like comparing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so great job on the article. Is there anything else though that you know you wanted listeners to to think about to know about what went into this before I let you go? I think the last thing I really would hit on is that the benefits, as far as I can tell, perhaps I'm missing something, but the benefits of Bitcoin donations for me will never be fully reaped until we have circular economies where people are willing to just take Bitcoin without liquidating it and have it fund their operations, which again is a very difficult thing to ask because that necessitates uh, not just the charitable organizations accepting it, but the suppliers that they buy from accepting it, all that stuff. But until we have that kind of entrenched circular economy, the benefits that we all talk about you know, we can all, like you're saying, we can tout the like, you know, Bitcoiners are really giving people and I, I, I believe that to a point, but we can tout the other benefits of Bitcoin powered giving. But um, I don't think it's totally genuine unless we're admitting to ourselves that those benefits aren't really in full unless we have people just using Bitcoin as the base currency in their operations. But long time coming, that's what we're here to work on. In the meantime, there's... It's okay if you need to liquidate it as long as it's gone to a good cost. Yeah, as long as you're being honest about where it's going to. Now, obviously, the transparency is one thing that won't be solved until everything's on-chain and doesn't get taken off-chain. Uh, that being said, though, the censorship resistance and the speed and the cross-border resilience of Bitcoin still vastly surpasses any method to date. So, got progress there. Good. Well, awesome. Well, thanks again for coming in, Colin. Let me try and do your Twitter plug for you. Thanks, man. You can find more of Colin's work on Bitcoin Magazine and on Twitter at As I Lay Hodling, or you can look him up, Colin Harper, C O L I N H A R P E R. Yes, sir. Great. That does it for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Bits Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, though, please don't forget to give us a reading and review so we can improve the show. The Bitcoin Magazine Weekly Bits Podcast is a BTC Media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. It was produced by Grant Peterson and David Hollerin. 
You can find more engaging podcasts over at letstalkbitcoin.com and you can follow them on Twitter at the LTB Network for all the latest episodes. Thanks again for tuning in.